If you're like me, you're looking for good resources for theological training, not just resources that help you think about the faith, because that's important, but also resources that are theologically sound and that also get you re-enchanted with the biblical narrative. Hi, I'm Matt Burford from Tactical Faith Radio. Today, I get the pleasure of talking with Michael McDonald, Director of Global Focus and Strategic Relationships with The Bible Project. In our conversations together, we talk about the mission in the mandate of the Bible Project. What have they done in the past? What are they going to do in the future? Hopefully, you'll get a little sense of why I think the Bible Project is one of the most important things to happen to the American church in the last 10 years. Thank you so much for coming on Tactical Faith. Let's be honest. Talking about our faith, it can get hard sometimes. Sometimes we get caught up in the world. But now, the world will have to get caught up in us. We're here to talk about it. We're here to talk about our real faith. We're here to talk about the real God. For unapologetic apologetics everywhere, welcome to Tactical Faith Radio. Just tell me the mission of of the Bible Project first and foremost. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, our heart is to help people experience the Bible as a unified story that leads to Jesus, and um, we do that through explainer videos, short, like five, six minute explainer videos. And we've chosen to use animation as our video type, just because um, one, it allows us to communicate things in a unique way. Uh, there's a lot of things in the Bible. This is a crazy book you know so there's things in here that that you couldn't just necessarily get out from talking that we feel like we can illustrate when you're talking about you know the trinity or the holy spirit or these like abstract kind of ideas in the flesh um you know animation and illustrations allow us to do that um and yeah we just want to help people take this you know really complicated crazy book and and uh dive into it and feel like they can approach it with a lot of yeah how old is it how how long have y'all been going we are just about seven years old, so we're still young. Okay. We're in that like awkward teenager phase for sure. You know, we're we're figuring we're figuring it out along the way, but we're still pretty young. Yeah. You consider yourself an animation studio, and like I've heard, I've heard you the guys mention that before. Is that yeah. is it primarily just animation, or is that just kind of a subset of what you do? No, I mean it's for the longest time it was ninety percent of the staff that we had too. So I mean wow. we really are a studio. We've got twenty-ish artists that are full time that are uh, doing the work. Each of those videos you see will take anywhere from three to six months to to make. Um, wow. It's like a little. It's like a Pixar type scenario, wow. and, we're, and we're hiring people from Dark Horse and you know Leica and Pixar, and we're trying to hire the best artists we can. Um, but that's what they're doing. So it's, it's, when you come in, it definitely looks, it's a, it's a studio, it's an animation studio, but since it's grown over the last number of years, we've added support roles to help steward the materials and get them out there and, and, and then even translate and localize. Like, you know, one of my roles is I oversee a team of people that are working with animation studios globally to get this into 60 different languages around the world. And so, you know, we've got, you know, s- satellite studios all over the place too. Tell me about the two, the two people that I know of. And you, you've also added, because I've, I've listened to your podcast as well. And you, yeah. you added a, an incredibly smart uh, woman that's on board as well. But tell me about the, yeah. yeah. Tell me about the two originals and then tell me about her. Sure. Yeah. So John and Tim were buddies um, from Portland here. Uh, they went to Bible college together, Multnomah school, of the Bible. 
Um, after Bible college, they kind of went separate ways. Tim kept going down like full on, you know, Bible nerd route. And I say that affectionately, you know, in the best of ways, um, you know, got his master's, went and got his doctorate, moved to Israel, learned Hebrew, you know, studied the Dead Sea Scrolls as his dissertation, came back and was a professor of Hebrew studies in Wisconsin. Um, so he went like that full professor, you know, uh, route. John, uh, you know, went down a pastoral for a little bit, but realized his the way that his mind works was way more around helping take complex ideas and communicate them really simply. Mm-hmm. And so he actually started doing that through um, some studio. He created an animation studio, um, and he was helping companies like Microsoft and Apple and Google take really complex things that they wanted to share with the masses and actually do that. So a lot of like the Google commercials you've seen over the years around Google Drive or any of those, the cloud computing before we, any of us knew what cloud computing was, they were flying John in to help figure out words to explain to the regular population what the cloud is. And then he, because of the way he asks questions and he's a learner, he's just got an incredible brain for that. He would be the person they would bring in. So he'd be flying all over to do that. And then he built a big studio and had 50, 60 employees that were working for him doing that. Tim comes back to Portland uh, and at a barbecue, they came up with this idea about taking Tim's kind of Bible brain and John's ability to explain things, com- you know, complex things simply and uh, ask the questions. And that's just kind of how this whole thing started. Uh, two buddies that were going to make a video or two a year uh, while doing their jobs uh, for the rest of their life. That was kind of what, what they thought. That's why it was the Bible project. It was just this kind of project, um, but it's turned into a lot more. Yeah, it's so fun to watch something that's really excellent quality. So I taught uh, around 2016, I was teaching at a, um, a classical school and I was teaching New Testament. They asked me to teach New Testament ninth grade. That age group is not really in my bag. It's, it's kind of, I like older, you know, juniors and seniors. Uh, I happened upon these incredible videos on YouTube. Uh, it was when you were just starting out kind of 2016, 17-ish or whatever. Yeah. And I used your work as curriculum, uh, printed out these maps that you had, and then we, we would cover um, the books of the Bible that way. It was a good visual tool that even at ninth grade, you're talking 15, 16-year-olds. I mean, they were getting it right off the bat. The way you were developing your craft even early on was you could see that these two guys were were, were, were melding uh, each other to take complex issues, make it uh, skillful in, in, in its artistry. And then it's just so theologically sound. I guess that's the thing that's so interesting for me is how you guys seamlessly use arts and theology uh, in ways that I don't think that's really happening in the Christian world. And maybe it's doing it more now and I'm just not realizing it, but you guys are at the top of your artistic like um, skill sets. I mean, you could take your stuff and pit it against anybody else's that's out there, and you're just not seeing that in the Christian world. So how do you think you guys balance uh, this world-class art with fantastic storytelling and incredibly orthodox theology? Yeah, I'm sure the theology part's the hardest for sure. We're always in deep conversations about, you know, how we're going to communicate, uh, you know, some of these complex things and 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 things that will often bifurcate folks too inside mm. the church. And so those are very difficult to kind of wade that without watering it down um, to just try to make it okay for everybody. You know, how do you how do you clearly communicate that? And I think some of that just has to do with the approach that we really are the Bible project, not the theology project. Sure. We really are specifically going like, what does this say 
in this moment for this time that it was written, like we can get to that and then allow churches and nonprofits and individuals figure out, you know, how does that get fleshed out in today's day and age? Um, and then we surround ourselves, hopefully, with really great folks and, and leaders and teachers. Gary Bershears here at Western mm -hmm. Seminary, um, you know, NT, uh, you know, Tom Wright and, and others that have been a part of helping, you know, mentor uh, Tim along the way. Um, lots of different thought leaders that might even think different things than, than, than Tim does, but we surround ourselves to just kind of have those voices and, and have that approach. And Chris is one of those people too, you know, added to the team, uh, an incredible doctorate, um, uh, phenomenally, you know, just intelligent and so good at communicating. Um, and, and she came from the same kind of study that Tim did, which was a very narrative approach to the scriptures. So mm. like Ray Lubeck, uh, read the Bible for a change, uh, you know, type stuff, which is let's approach this really as like a, a one large narrative. And, and we got to go back to Genesis. I mean, you'll notice Tim goes back to Genesis. It feels like every single video and it's like, you can't understand, uh, the new heavens and the new earth or the city. If you don't understand the garden. You know, you can't understand Jesus if you don't understand Adam. You've got to start at the beginning. And Tim's just so good at bringing people back, uh, which was a big passion part of ours to, you know, I feel like so many, uh, myself included, you know, points was just like, don't I just need the red letters, you know, that Jesus spoke? Like, do I really need all of this? Because this stuff in the beginning is wacky. And Tim just does such a good job of going, no, we need to understand that. And like, let's, let's get there. So. Well, not, and, and then not getting lost in the weeds either. I mean, you guys are always drawing you back to the meta narrative, and, and it, but not afraid to go into what most churches would think would be fringe things that they don't deal with. But he, right. you guys touch on it. Uh, you guys showcase it in your, in your artistry. Uh, for me, it's almost like going back to seminary. I mean, I, I do have a lot of training. Uh, you know, I've, you know, I got a doctor and all that stuff. But uh, for me, going back and listening to your podcast, watching your videos, for me, it's it's being introduced to new ideas and new people and new writers. This is one of the reasons why I reached out to uh, Michael Heiser and, and, yeah. and his work. Yeah. Uh, because I I'd heard uh, them mention it on a podcast. Saw exactly you know how you guys were using his work and uh, got to know him and realized, man, there's so many great ideas that are floating out that are helpful for the church. Uh, so now I'll go to the Bible Project for ideas. Uh, so when I was doing my dissertation on wisdom literature, this is an interesting story around. So from about 2015 to 17, when I was working on my stuff, it was mostly wisdom literature. Yeah. And, and then I encountered the wisdom series two years later uh, that you guys did. And it was spot on. Oh, and it is, wow. It is so difficult for somebody like me to find. It's one for, for one thing, it's encouraging. You know, I'm like, well, maybe I'm on the right track here. And I'm not way out in left field and be a heterodox. So it's for me, it's personally encouraging. But the other thing is, it's so helpful to have really solid, well done stuff that I can recommend to anybody and not be afraid of it. Even if you do talk about things that are not necessarily sometimes, you know, I wouldn't say controversial, but maybe in ways that might push people's limits of thinking about their faith. Sure. Um, that's why I recommend the Bible Project, um, because it's I wouldn't say safe. That's not the right way to put it, but it's something that I, that I'm, I'm not afraid to give people. Yeah, no, I totally, I, I feel like we, you know, yeah, we're going to hit 95% of it, you know, I yeah, think exactly. and hopefully in a really clear, good way. And, um, and we're going to challenge, I hope we're challenging. It's challenging me. I know as, as just, you know, not just a person that works there and, 
has been a part of the project since the beginning as friends. But, um, you know, I, I feel challenged. I feel like I've learned more in five minutes often than I did a year in seminary, you know, in some sure. of these videos. Um, so, but, but we do want, you know, folks from, you know, my, my wife's from, uh, uh, she went to um, school in Alabama as well. So I've got some roots, roots there um, oh. at Auburn. She went to Auburn. Oh, we don't um, mention Auburn. Okay, so we won't mention, my sorry, that's, that's fair. Um, Jeez, Louise. You, should know better than that. Uh, you didn't tell me the rules before this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. I will take that You'll part out. that out. All right. Well, we'll be in safe zone there. Um, <laughs> have you ever no, been? We, have you ever been here, Mike? I have. Know? Yeah, yeah. You bet. Okay, great. Well, yeah. next time you're here, uh, uh, you know, lunch is on me. So. Man, I'd love that. Yeah, I'm. I'll. I'll, I'll be there for sure. Once planes open back up and, Heck and yeah. we're, we're flying yeah, out. Yeah. But I do love that it is true. We've got churches that are on every spectrum of our kind of crazy family, you know, that we call the church. Uh, it, we've got all different types that watch our videos. It could be Pentecostal. It could yeah. be, you know, Lutheran. It could be Methodist. It could be, you know, Catholic. Like we've literally got the gamut that watch these videos and actually go, man, that's what it says. They're not fighting about, you know, the videos. They're actually all going like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful for me to read the Bible. And so, yeah, Michael Hauser said in his podcast uh, the other day, he was talking about uh, being enchanted by scripture again, mm -hmm. having the wonder of scripture. Yeah. I honestly think that's what your guys' videos do. It, it's it's part of that whole project now of getting the church re-enchanted to the faith. Yeah, um, I think that's the problem we have in, in our state in Alabama is, you know, a good percentage of the people in my state are, are would say they're Bible-believing Christians, but they're not enchanted by the, yeah. the story anymore. Uh, they're, they're warranted in their belief. Uh, you know, most of them are, I I've met them from, from the cities to the rural areas. Many well-meaning Christians are, are not getting that enchantment and wonder that they might've had early on in their faith. Yeah. And you, you guys are touching that and helping what I think is needed, which is a re-enchantment of those who are already believers. Yeah. Matt, do you think that part of it is, is that We've also created, I feel like for a long time, I, I didn't feel like I was allowed to ask questions about, hmm. about this. Like I didn't, an atmosphere in our communities and so on that, you know, we need to, we need to know the answers. And if we don't know the answers and there's something wrong with us, or I'm not a good enough Christian, or I'm not a good enough, whatever. And so then we don't go to it because I'm like, man, if I can't understand all of it, I'm just not going to touch it. I don't want to, I don't want people to ask me those questions. I think some of the reason that I feel comfortable with the Bible project is, is John just asks all those questions. He is, there's, there's such sure. a permission to go when Tim's teaching him something on the podcast and John's like, wait a minute, like you telling me angels don't have wings because every movie I've ever seen has had angels with wings on it. Like, what do you mean? And then, you know, it creates this, this freedom and, and authenticity and transparency. And so, Man, I, I think some of it is we need to create some safe places to ask questions so that we can dive into this without feeling scared um, about that. You know? Yeah, and I think safe places is actually a community of believers that love each other. And that yeah. seems incredibly trite and shallow. But what, what that means is you have to be a family. And, and listen, my family talks. And I'm not afraid to ask my father questions. He's not, a, you know, and, but yeah. in that kind of the way I view the way the garden, well, let's go back to Genesis, the way that we, yeah. <laughs> you guys always do Yeah. for me, walking with Yahweh meant not only did he give the rules, but there was, it's almost an assumption that 
they would have grown in their faith and knowledge if they would have just walked with him and trusted him. And, yeah. and so in other words, there's not an environment where they can't ask questions. In fact, being with Yahweh is probably an environment you can ask a whole bunch of questions. Right. You know, and because Yahweh's not afraid of it. That's <laughs> you right. know? So That's I, right. I think you're right. I think especially here in my state, um, we've when I, I'm talking in terms of, of being ecumenical, going to an ecumenical school, uh, mere Christian, we, we've had at my nonprofit Catholics all the way to uh, you know, Assemblies of God. We've invited yeah. all kinds of folks here. Uh, what I've tried to do is try to do exactly what you say. I want to model to my kids and those that are watching me in my state kind of a curiosity. You know, um, yeah. G.K. Chesterton had a, a chapter called The Ethics of Elfland in his book, Orthodoxy. Orthodoxy, you know? yeah. yeah. And, and that was, that's my favorite chapter in, in all of Christendom. Uh, the mm -hmm. idea of recapturing, the idea of thinking of God as being younger than us. So the you know, creating a dandelion over and over and over again, because he's not tired of it. Yeah. Now, I don't want to grow tired. And a lot of people I think are not just afraid, but they're also, you know, they don't want to go to their church because they're, you know, they don't want to ask the questions because they're afraid of what people ask. And they don't know what kind of questions to ask. Yeah. They know the mere principles of the faith just to get by. And, yeah. and then they live this kind of, and then they start growing old in the story and the story is not meant to do that. The story is meant yeah. to renew you to be living in the seventh day every single day. Yeah. And for, so for me, part of what I'm trying to do is find resources out there for my church, speak for, for the church in Alabama, the churches in Alabama, and try to get people back wondering. And part of wondering is asking questions. And there is no hard question. I mean, there are hard questions, but they should be available and open to all of us to ask. And, and we should be able to, as teachers or as leaders or whatever, be able, if we don't know the answer to go, gosh, you know what? I don't know. Let's go <laughs> learn know. that together. Like, yeah. let's go figure that out together. Um, because then you're creating a posture of like, it's okay not to know everything. Like, we're not going to know everything. This is a lifelong learning journey. And so, yeah, I think that's bang on. Yeah, I think I think your showcase and the, the guys at Bible Project showcase that curiosity that I'm just compelled to. And I've, you know, I've been in the apologetic world for 20 years and I've heard it all. I have a buddy of mine named Brett Kunkel who talks about every time he goes into listening to a debate, he's always thinking, oh no, what if the other side comes up with something that plants a seed of doubt? And then he says, but then I leave thinking, oh, we got the best worldview. We got the best thing that there is out there. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't mean we understand it. In fact, the more work I've done in wisdom literature, the more I realize I'm not supposed to understand it. <laughs> I yeah. mean, there's, there is a it's inherent that I'm supposed to grow. And if I know everything exhaustively, then I wouldn't be finite anymore. I'd be God and I'd be a horrible God. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think, I think that's also something that I think Mike, that, that thank you so much for you guys for what you're doing. Cause the apologetic world in my, my opinion, and I've never said this over the air to, I say it personally is it's kind of grown stale. And one of the reasons why I believe it's stale is because it's not connecting itself uh, in the way that you guys are. It has to be connected with wisdom, wonder, and enchantment. And that mm -hmm. can only happen in worship, and it can only happen in story, and it can only happen in a community of believers that are almost reenacting the story together in cosplay. And what I mean by that is one way that I tell younger groups, when we do Lord's Supper, it's like cosplaying the Lord's Supper back in the day. I mean, we're, mm. we're reenacting a part of a story that God, Jesus has asked us to be a part of. That's the kind of way that I think that needs to be 
described more out in the open because i think really the goal now is not just to reach unbelievers but to re re bring a back wonder for those who are, are have been in the faith for so long and that's what you guys are doing mm. well man that's super kind to say so hey, so thankful so before before we we wrap it up tell me your favorite series i mean you've had that you guys have had so many series over the, yeah. the past couple of years what are some series that you you've liked in the past and what are you looking forward to at the bible project in the future yeah, I mean, so you mentioned one of them, the Wisdom series, I think is is one of my favorites, just from an artistic standpoint, as well as the um, the storytelling and, you know, the Job, I think is probably one of my favorite videos that we've, we've oh, done. Totally um, agree. I think the How to Read the Bible series, it's 19 videos. So it's, it's our longest series. It's 19. It's in our How to Read. Um, but man, I think if I were to start all over again, I wish I had that series when I first came to faith, you know, when I was 19. Uh, to really just feel like I've got a bit of confidence on how to approach this because there's poetry and there's narrative and there's, you know, facts and there's, you know, all. And I think I approached it for the longest time, the exact same every page, as opposed to understanding like, Oh no, wait, this is poetry. I need to read this like poetry, not like I'm reading it like, you know, Deuteronomy or like I'm reading, you know, whatever it is. And so um, I think that's one of my favorites. One that's coming up, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it to you guys, um, is uh, I know that we're working on a Sermon on the Mount series that I think is just going to be, I mean, for me personally, that was the, the, the Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount was what led me to, to Jesus when I was 19. You know, uh, I was in Turkey and traveling around and met a missionary there, and, and that was the book that, that just turned me over the edge. So I'm super excited about the Sermon on the Mount series. It's also just, I mean, thinking of, you know, people that have walked before, uh, I just love, love that stuff. So yeah, that's, that's it. We've got some really cool little literary units too. They're starting to come out. You may have seen them. I think we put our first one out two weeks ago. They're shorter, just a few minutes long. Um, and it, they're these going to be these literary chunks. And, uh, you know, the hope is to really get through at some point, maybe the whole Bible in, in almost like chapters. Um, they're not done by chapters because they're really literary units. So our chapter, our English chapters don't do a very good job of breaking up at the right points, which you know really well, you know. So we've done we've done more like what are these literary kind of units, but um, we're starting in Genesis and kind of working our way through. So yeah, those you'll I'm be really excited about. You'll be happy to know that I, I plan on taking some of your stuff to Hameji, uh, if we're allowed to go in April. Uh, I'm doing oh. a two-day um, wonderful church there. It's a Baptist church in Hameji. And we're going to be uh, working with some Baptist pastors in Japan. And uh, I've already kind of started downloading some of your stuff to, to take over there. So Awesome. Uh, so well, and I'll send you my, we've got a ton of stuff done in Japanese too. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So we've actually like completely reanimated, re-illustrated, oh. full voiceover, full, it's not just subtext. It's like, we actually worked with an animation studio in Japan to redo them all. Oh, I'll take uh, every so, single one of you. You know, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be the love I'll be the Bible Project ambassador in Japan <laughs> if you'll let me. So, oh man, it's yours. What's ours is yours. So, hey, Mike, thanks for coming on. I, I'd like to bring you on at some point just to talk about you. I, I've I've did a little research yesterday on you, and you just have a fascinating kind of uh, bio and your life, and even a time where I saw where you went to China like as a fifteen-year-old. Uh, so you true. you have a very very interesting uh, background, and and it's, it's so good for somebody like me 
uh, you know, the South tend to, tends to be a little bit narrow in its view. Um, you know, we, we kind of like living where we live and, and everybody else we call a Yankee. Uh, it's just the way that we do stuff. And to hear, you know, when we hear of Oregon, me and my wife and kids went to Oregon two years ago. We fell in love with that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, took my kids to go see where the Goonies were, that whole thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and I have friends that live in Oregon. But down here, we think of Oregon, we think of protests and liberals. Uh, you know, and that's just the way that it is just like, there's no telling what you think a person from Alabama looks like. Uh, but hearing your story and hearing the stories of the Bible project, it is so fascinating and fun to know that God is working, uh, so powerfully in your city and in your area. And to, to think that he's working, that John worked for Google is just to me, just so uplifting and fascinating that God is working everywhere. Uh, and using all his people for his work. And you're definitely one of them. And we thank you so much for coming on. So give me right before we leave, where do we, where does somebody who's listening to this, where do they go? It's Bible project. Just where's the, who's, what's the podcast? What's the URL? You know, how can they get a newsletter? How they can donate all those. Yeah. All of it's pretty easy. I mean, Bibleproject.com is the easiest and, and it's got all of our stuff. Our, our podcast is called Bible Project Podcast. Um, YouTube, you know, just look up Bible Project. If you're in a different language or you're thinking of sending these out to your friends in different places, you can find all of that on our website. Um, givings on there, all that kind of stuff. But And then sign up for the newsletter. You'll stay, you know, up to date with blogs. And we send out, I mean, there's quite a bit of stuff. We've got a big team that's working on stuff. So we've got a podcast every week. We usually have a new video every three weeks. Um, we have a blog that usually goes out every single week. Um, we've got um, just tons of content. Classroom, which I don't even know if we can talk about that, but we've got a free seminary level classes that Tim teaches that are all free uh, called classroom.com or, or class. Uh, Tim, just go on our website and look up classroom. Uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll find it. Um, but it's him going through like 18 hours of like, you know, through Genesis or through whatever it is. Um, and we're hoping to have 20, 30 classes up for free that anybody can go to. So, I mean, there's lots of stuff. Just jump on the website. You'll, you'll kind of immerse yourself into a pretty big world of, of Bible. Now, I know we're a flyover state, but when this all clears up, can I get Mike and the Bible Project guys to Birmingham? How am I going to get that to work? Absolutely. That's an easy, easy yes. So yeah, because we'll in. connect you to one of our churches here and, and we'll, we'll do it outright. Hey, thank you so much. And barbecue's on me. Oh, every day, done. Every day they're here. So Plane tickets bought. If you come in the fall, I'll bring you to, I'll take you to a football game. So all right. It's going to have to be Alabama though. So. No, I get it. I understand. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Mike, and mu- much uh, love to you and you guys and have a great Christmas holiday. Thanks so much, Matthew. It's a pleasure.